This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, dreamers, and welcome to The Dreamer's Disease with myself, Alex Manzi, where each episode we hear the story of someone inspirational who's really out in the world and following their passions and dreams, because I believe that it's the disease of dreaming and not taking action that really, really causes us to live unhappy lives. So we try to gain some motivation and some wisdom from each person and hear their story. On this week's episode, I'm joined by King Cook Daily, who's the owner of popular vegan restaurant Cook Daily based in Shoreditch. And we spoke about his you know, journey from going someone who was very much a meat eater into turning into a vegan. We spoke about his past life of working and eating in fine dining restaurants, how he's created this new youth culture around veganism and how you know getting stabbed helped turn his life around. And there's some really important messages in there and some really great story so this is an amazing episode he's someone who i've been following online for a while now and i've watched his his company and his brand and everything he does grow and get better and stronger and more kind of popular and it's really inspiring to see so i was i was really happy to get him on so you guys could hear his story but before we jump in i'd like to thank you for listening and to remind you to make sure you hit that subscribe button on itunes and leave a review and if you want some daily motivation and inspiration you can head over to instagram and follow the underscore dreamers disease there so that's it let's not wait around anymore and let's jump straight in to hear king cook daily's story king cook of cook daily fame and if you haven't already been to the shop you should go and i'm saying that from someone who actually hasn't been yet because every time i go the queue and the waiting is ridiculous, which is obviously fair massive, enough, fair r- massive respects to what you do. So, and he's come on the quiet days basically, so I can actually indulge properly. Um, but yeah, hello, how are you? Wicked man, thanks yeah. for having me. No, thank you man, I appreciate the time because I know you're busy and as you said, you haven't really done a lot of sit down, proper chat interviews. It's this all. is my first one. Yeah, definitely, so it's my first one. It's around the corner, that. so. You know yeah, I, mean? I appreciate that a lot, and it means the universe is aligned in some way definitely. for this to happen. So, um, so yeah. So other than the little intro I just gave the people, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Who I am and what I do. Okay, so I really came on the scene in 2015 when I opened Cook Daily. You know, the first London's first fast-paced vegan joint run by a real chef um before that everything you know what i mean but um with food my it, the the stories goes way back way mm. back from my parents generation you know yeah coming from southeast asia in laos food was a big part of my heritage man and um from my from a very early age i just knew that i was different with my taste buds and my my culture yeah you know i mean growing up in um east london east ham you know I, I went to my secondary school was like probably yeah it was the largest the largest school in newham with over a thousand pupils there and i'm the only just think i'm the only lao person there from wow. laos do you know what i mean so it's like from there i was just different already yeah. and how did that affect you at the time i'm so used to it now but now that i've got kids i look I look back and I think, rah, like, it's, 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 it's a mad thing, you know, because, like, I've got a brother, he's, like, 10 years older than me, mm. and he left home ages ago, so I never really had, like, you know, like, backup, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. You know when you're school, you have your backup, but like, I, yeah. I never had that, but, like, I was one of the most popular kids in school in my year, um, and I'm the only Laotian guy there, so I just had the balls from early just to be that guy, man, do you know what I mean? Just to kind of, like, not be a victim, you know mm. what I mean? Because it does happen. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Like I've just seen it so many times with, with you know, you know, you know how you are. You know how it is when you're in school. The kids were just like bullying and shit like that. But I was never a victim. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And 
I don't know what it was to be honest because I didn't have no older brothers or older cousins to call or you know to act hard and I think it was just like I just knew that like this this wasn't me I, I'm mm. not I'm not gonna be a victim so I'm gonna stand up and mm. be that guy and I've always been popular so in school so it just carried on from there really yeah. you know what I mean and um yeah it's strange really when I think about it because now I've got kids I think right you know, one day I'm gonna have to explain to my son how the world works. Do you know yeah, what I mean? and why you know he someone might say something because he looks slightly different to them. Exactly, or exactly. You know, like you don't really think about that much growing up, but as a father now, you gotta you gotta think about these things, man. What are you gonna yeah. tell your daughter and your you know your son, you know, yeah. to be proud of who they are, etc. Yeah. In this world that we're living in now, you know. So, yeah. yeah. But that's 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 school years. Um, with food, like I said, it's always been a big part of my culture. <laughs> yeah, from as long as I can remember, I've just yeah. been into food. And did, did your family, were they in the food business? Or? Yeah, so when my father came to this country over 35 years ago, he got a job in a hotel called the Gloucester Hotel. Yeah, It was quite a big hotel back in the day. I think it was a four-star hotel. Um, he was the night chef there. Not only the night chef, no, he started as a chef, but I remember, I remember him working nights and he would sneak home food and different cuts of meat mm. for us. So growing up, having school packed lunch, I had good cuts of meat and stuff like that, you know. I yeah. mean, we're talking about like late 80s, early 90s, where, you know, kids would just have like cucumber and cheese yeah. sandwiches. Like peanut butter and jam or, you know. Yeah, that kind of prawn stuff. cocktail crisp sandwich or something yeah. like that. And then I would come in school with like a roast beef sandwich, yeah. roast chicken, yeah. you know what I mean, with like, just fancy shit man. yeah and um i just knew then because my friends would see these sandwiches they didn't even know what it was you know yeah. what i mean they was like what's that i was like this is fucking this is roast chicken this is roast chicken it tastes you know it tastes amazing you know mm. so i just knew back then like the taste bud was different definitely different you know what i mean yeah that's crazy because saying that is just bringing back so much memories for me because my family's italian and have always been involved in the food industries like my father's side of the family had a seafood restaurant my mum um owned a cafe at while I was in primary school and a bit of secondary school and then she moved and started to work at a bakery so I had, and my uncle owns an Italian delicatessen so I had a very similar thing where I was coming in with sandwiches which were like nice Italian focaccia bread from the bakery with like nice Italian cheese with like salami and like my uncle's homemade pesto on top and stuff mm. and kids are like looking at my sandwiches like what is that mm. I actually used to, <laughs> actually, you used to be embarrassed isn't it? <laughs> yeah I used to be embarrassed <laughs> I was embarrassed once when I bought um, yeah. sausage it was um, my dad I think he was on breakfast shift and he brought, he brought back loads of sausages. I really yeah. cook sausages, you know. And he just put it in a hot dog bun. Yeah, yeah. And I was eating it. It was, you know, it was lovely. And one guy, like, what's his name? Nicholas, back in the day, just laugh at me. I was thinking, bruv, I'm looking back now. I'm like, what are you laughing, man? You're having cucumber. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I've got like, you know, <laughs> good, quality, good quality meat. So yeah, it was like that back in the day, man. Yeah. Mm. So, so how was your like upbringing then with your family? Was, did, did you have a big family? You know, you said you no, grew it's up just, in... just, it's just me, my mum, my dad. My brother left early at the age of 16, 10 years difference. Um, and I was just like an only child, yeah. you know, in East Ham in Newham. Um, and back in the day, you know, my parents didn't have like, they, they didn't really look after me like, not look after me like, but they gave me everything I needed, but they just left me to it. So I was, I was playing out a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. Football, you know, if it started off playing football, cricket on the streets, then, you know, knock down ginger. <laughs> And next thing you know, you're like, you know, you're fucking trying to buy matches and fags. And yeah, that's, it's just like, yeah, typical East London yeah. lad growing up yeah. in East London with just yeah. loads of like black mates and white mates. And I was the only Southeast Asian kid about, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
Like I, I, I must say this, but I was never a victim. You know what I mean? And when people try to make jokes or whatever, I just shut them down straight away so they knew, you know what I mean? But that's how it was, man, from an early age. Mm. Mm. And what do you think then, looking back, was the biggest thing you learned around that time growing up, you know, going out with your mates on the streets, being an only child? Like, how do you feel like, or would you feel like you learned from that to bring you to where you are today? Streetwise, man, yeah. just streetwise. But I look back and I think, well, I wish I had a different upbringing. I really do. I know a lot of people say, oh, it makes you the person that you are now, which is true, but I just wish I was a geek, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? At home, playing games with my mates, come round. I don't know, like, going to cinema, just enjoying life like a normal kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than being on the streets trying to raise up for a draw or something. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but that was the 90s, man. So I yeah. can understand that. Yeah. But that's how it was, just playing out, just getting up to no good. Um, yeah. My parents, like, you know, English is not their first language. I was, you know, I was, I was quite naughty, but I was respectable. You know what I mean? I, I respect yeah. home, so I never brought trouble home. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because that that's, that must be a big part of the the Southeast Asian culture. Yeah, man. As well, like, isn't it? <clears throat> I wasn't like I wasn't a fool. Do you know what I mean? It was just the streets that kind of molded me mm. to be like that. But yeah. when I came home, I was nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't like rude. Yeah. Or nothing like that. Do you know what I mean? You said respectful, which is important. Respectful, yeah. man. You know what I mean? My parents. You know. Um, and every year we went holiday. Had had the newest trainers, so I, you know I was like an only child, so I was a bit spoiled. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I had all the trainers, man, like the Reebok pumps, the Nikes, the, the bubbles, all that stuff, like yeah. sixty pounds back in the day. I remember when I had Reebok pumps, it was like sixty pounds. Yeah. People couldn't believe it, but I was spoiled, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, yeah. Well, you know, only childs are, and you know, mm. to a certain extent, it, it goes to show, you know, that your your parents did want the best for you mm. with whatever they could, you know, make, yeah, make for themselves. So, um, so then. At this point, right, so you're young, you're a teenager. Um, how did you then go from that kid there? No, I wasn't a teenager yet, you know. No, Even, not yet. All these expensive trainers was in primary school, oh, by mate, the way. you were definitely a I'm telling you, child. mate, Reebok <laughs> Pump was primary school days, man. Yeah. So then going into secondary school, what was that like for you? Was it a massive change in kind of the person of who you are? Or were you still like doing the same things out with your mates in the streets, playing football? You know, and Same thing. The, yeah. Just the same thing, but now you're in secondary school. Um, and it's just the world. Just the world just seems seems crazy now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I said, the biggest school in Newham, over a thousand pupils. It was massive, man. Yeah. Um, football was a big part of my life. I loved playing football. I was an active kid, man. Yeah. I was an active kid. Um, I actually done dance. Did I like dance. Yeah, performing arts. Yeah. What sort of dance? Contemporary street. Oh, nice. I like to express myself. Yeah. Um, food technology. That's when I wowed the teacher. <laughs> I wowed the few tech teacher. Did you come in with like one of mum or dad's recipes? I think I made a, yeah, it was, it was a fried rice. It was a yeah. fried rice dish. And the teacher was so impressed. She was like, wow. Yeah. So was cooking specifically something you were interested in from early then? Yeah, I would go home sometimes. Like sometimes I was just like long off school dinners, man. I had free school dinners. My dad lied. <laughs> you know what I mean? My dad was working, but we had free, free school dinners. Um, but sometimes I just come home to get that noodle fix. Yeah. Yeah, that chicken noodle broth that my dad would make. Yeah, or spaghetti. My dad would make a mean spaghetti bolognese. Yeah. So I'd just come home for that because the school wasn't too far from my house. Go sc- uh, come home, eat, and then go back. Yeah. Like, I did them t- sort of things, man. I remember when, like, people would, r- would raise up for, um, to buy cigarettes or something. You know, when you're in school and you ask everyone for 10p and you're raising up. I would just raise up for a pucker pie. Do you remember pucker pies? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I'll go to the chip shop. Everyone would get like a chip roll, yeah, a chip roll, which was 50p. 
and you know if they want to splash out they might buy sausage and batter which is 30p yeah i would get the chicken and mushroom pie that was 120 you know what i mean i was balling man yeah, I, was, yeah. I wanted that fix i didn't want chips or chip roll yeah i wanted that chicken and mushroom pie yeah. and uh, yeah and i made sure i got it so that was yeah yeah nice and then so what, what do you remember as your first kind of cooking experience then was it like really young or was it something that you got cooking into eggs. yeah cooking eggs in hot oil People, people think it's easy, but a lot of people get eggs wrong. Mm. You know, I'm a vegan now, but I'm we're going back. So yeah. yeah, cooking eggs. So I don't have to cook eggs perfectly at very, very young age. Yeah, um, I got it wrong a few times. Um, my dad really liked to do things proper in the kitchen. So with scrambled eggs and fried eggs, it had to be moist. With the if it was a fried egg, it had to be a runny yolk. Yeah. If it was scrambled eggs, it had to be velvety. So mm. I understood that at yeah. an early age. You know. Yeah. And you know, now people still get it wrong. Yeah. Still overcooking eggs and just making it taste like rubber. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Might as well just not eat eggs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um yeah, so an at an early age yeah. my relationship with food began with eggs, man. Yeah. And then journeying Perfect, in perfecting eggs. Yeah, perfecting eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard. And then journeying into the kind of professional side of getting into cooking, how did that start for you? I didn't finish school, you know. I didn't finish secondary school at the age of 15 i quit i quit okay. school and um obviously you couldn't you couldn't stay home back then yeah but um so they enrolled me in a a project called the year 11 project which is basically the year 11 kids go to college yeah i'm gassing i'm like yeah i'm going to a big college you know what i mean a big boy blah 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 but you go there and it's worse mm. it's just like all the misfits from newham in one building like I wasn't even learning anything, you know. It was just, it, it was a joke to be honest. I think the teacher should have warned me more, man. Should have been like, look, man. I think they should have kept me in school. They should yeah. have just like made me realize that, look, you know, I know you're unhappy here, King, but you know this is the right answer. So I went to catering. I mean, not catering college. Um, the year eleven project, and that was just dead, man. I just, I just, I was just messing around for a year. Yeah. And then straight after that, with no qualifications, no GCSEs, I uh, enrolled in a catering college in Barking and in Dagenham. And I got mm. in, and at sixteen, that's when it that's when it began. Yeah, properly, properly. And but before that, my parents, um, at this time, had their own market store in um, Collier's Wood, South London. Yeah. So I would go and help there every weekend. You know, earn my little twenty, forty pounds, save up for my trainers. You know, what I mean, and your pucker pies. Yeah, my pucker pies, <laughs> and um, yeah. So I really had work experience already, but going into college was was the real deal. Mm. You're talking about uniforms. Uh, proper way how to use a knife mm. rules regulations and I think once a week we had a education also yeah but I really enjoyed that that was something that I really enjoyed um, just commuting to 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 work which I would call work you know it was sick man yeah. we had a canteen there also so we was in charge of feeding everyone oh okay oh nice that's wicked I didn't know and that. and because I really had experience I was a quick learner and a yeah. chef saw that. So he kind of nurtured me more than yeah. the rest. Because the rest were just fucking, I don't know what they were doing, man. It was just wasting time there. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't even have to grate cheese, some of them. And I was like, wow. But um, I took some of them underneath my wing, to be honest with you, man. Yeah. I was like, a, by the, yeah, by like within a few months, I was proper settling in. I was like a senior there. Yeah, nice. Mm. And, and that whole experience, like you said, having that senior kind of chef and experienced chef take you under his wing a little bit. What did he really like help you and teach you with? I guess it was the bond that we had together, knowing that I'm special. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, 
when I see cooks walking through the doors now, you can tell who's special and who's not. Do you know what I mean? And you just give more attention to the people that you think mm. you can mould and can become something great in the kitchen. That is, and that's the kind of relationship that we had. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I I, I just knew. Yeah. It's like I never got in trouble ever, and that carried on throughout my whole career yeah. within professional jobs in tough kitchens. Like, I worked with some like hardcore chefs, and I I, I was never I never got caned. You know yeah. what I mean, they just saw the talent there, and we just kind of got got on. Even yeah. though I wasn't, even though I was still learning and wasn't a senior, even if I was a commie, they wouldn't cane me like they would cane the others. Others yeah. would get caned all the time, and I'm <laughs> like, wow, why do you always get caned? Can you not do nothing right? You know, what I'm trying to say, I'm thinking like, why do you keep on doing the same mistake? You know, chef doesn't like it, but you keep on doing it. Yeah. So if I heard that, I know that I'm not going to make the same mistake. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It's just like the kitchen is a tough place, man. Yeah. Well, you see it when you know, and it's probably a, a slightly ex- one extreme or the other. But when you watch like the programs on TV, yeah. and it's you know, be it Master Chef, be it you know Gordon Ramsay, be it whatever, you see that kind of intense element. And as I said, you know, my family did have um, restaurants and or a restaurant, and having been in the kitchen when it's like you know busy time and you, you see the intensity that people are working at it, it can be mm. it can be a maker or a breaker really can definitely it? yeah exactly exactly that it could be a maker or a breaker mate mm. some people just walk away some people change careers yeah. and some people stick at it and it becomes life for them yeah and that's what it's become for yeah. me it's become my life yeah so so for you outside of the learning you've done in college and, and school um, you said, you know, you didn't really get in trouble with the chef and stuff. Did you ever get in any trouble outside? You know, like you said, you were a kid who was kind of on the streets. All the time, man. All the time. It's just um, boredom. Yeah. You know, sounds cliche, but there wasn't nothing for us to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Finish school, what, go out, what, go, what, go home, get changed, go out on the streets, hang with your mates in the corner, near the corner shop. Just get up to no good. Yeah. Little drama here and there. It's all, it's all bullshit, yeah. to be honest, you know. Was there any moments in particular that were like, you know, really serious or like, you know. I mean, it started getting serious when I hit like. Yeah, no, actually, it was. Yeah, I mean, it started getting serious in like 99, 2000. You know, um, that's when like. I don't know, what would you call it? It was like that was like the rude boy area, man. Mm. Era. It was like rude boy dress dress uh the dress sense the dress codes it was like bubbles cartoon socks track suit bottoms probably adidas with the zip undone yeah a rex jacket like if you had that you would have you know you yeah. were popular <laughs> and you were certified and that's what i had it's like i had to have it so obviously i, I had the money because i was working also you know yeah. I, I made a bit of money with you know with work and stuff so i would always like have nice clothes and nice garments and stuff and yeah just going to raves and shit i remember like going to um tottenham to a rave and just like yeah before we got in the cl- before we got in the club there was just like drama mm. you know like yeah it's like serious drama with like you know knife crime and stuff do you know what I mean and that's yeah. when I just knew football. did you ever get caught up in any of the like, yeah later on in life I did yeah but during that time I just knew like okay this is what it is so and that's when everyone started getting into music you know mm. with MCing and DJing I I was around at that time but I was still into my food. Yeah, he was in the kitchen. Yeah, so I realised yeah. that I had to leave this whole thing behind. This this wasn't really me. I didn't really fit in. Yeah. You know, deep down inside, I'm not I'm not about this. You know what I mean? So I left. I mm. left and I and I worked. You know, I kind yeah. of like I didn't leave properly, but like I got myself a job at 18 with my uncle in St John's Wood in a pub, serving traditional Thai food and British food 
with uh, crazy Australians there. Learned how to drink beer there, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was growing up now, you know? It was no more like the rude boy, but it was still yeah. in you because you're from that area, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and on my days off, I would still go back. I think I went back like a handful of times and it was like, and then I just realized, what, what am I coming back for? Yeah. It's just boring. Like I've experienced a different world now, you know? Work life, earning money, drinking beer, going to, not parties, but just like, just going out, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Living a, an adult life. Yeah, grown up life. You know. That's what I was going to say, yeah. And coming back to the ends, walking the streets and shit, and it's like, nah, I had to leave that. So yeah. I left it. And obviously, get, having a girlfriend at that yeah. time, who's, who's now my wife, helped me a lot. You yeah. know, when she fall in love and, you know, and you're just like going on holidays. Yeah. Settles you down, like you said. Settles it kind you of down, but I settled down quick because I saw yeah. a lot of shit quick. And um, yeah, that was, yeah. Um, that was that. I just realised I had to leave. Yeah. So I left, man. And... Some people are still there now, yeah. to this day. And when you said a moment ago that you got caught up in some stuff later in life, mm. what was that? Wow. Yeah, that was the most, that was, that was a hard time in my life. Yeah. Um, I was, I've been through so much then with the kitchen, with the kitchen life, you know. Work, 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 work for like a solid 10 years, I think. It must have mm. been 10 years, man. A solid 10 years in hard kitchens, you know. And just being hard on myself, you know. I would beat myself up sometimes, thinking, nah, man, you've got to be the best. You've got to do this. You've got to wake up earlier. You've got to be there earlier than the rest of the chefs, mm. than the rest of the cooks. You know what I mean? So I was proper, like, on it. I was so on it because I was such a fan yeah. of this world that I was in, yeah. the chef world. And was that because it was competitive within the kitchen it as well? To be, like, it the was next competitive. Best but chef I knew that I was, I knew it had something different compared to the other cooks. Yeah. I, had, I had experience and my taste bud was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because coming from a Southeast Asian background, you have the best of both worlds. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've got European, Western, and Eastern. Mm. So, wow, like, I can make a pine mash taste amazing if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. By just adding a bit of this, a bit of holy basil, a bit of chili flakes, and boom, there you have it, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, I was, I was proper on it, man. And um, I was going hard, but um, I got tired. I, I was tired. Um, and one day I just found myself back in the ends. Back in the ends. On a Friday, on a Friday evening, so you you got to think. I've been like I've I've travelled in Spain. I've lived in Spain now. I've lived in Spain for like four years, three years, four years. You know, um, worked in like really prestigious places, met amazing people. You know, from different walks of life, and now I'm back. I'm mm. back at my mum's house. I went to the local pub, and then it just yeah, it just it just went downhill from there. And then we just got into some altercation and that just it resulted in me being stabbed up like six, seven times, oh, wow. six times. Um, rushed to hospital, uh, basically fighting for my life, man. Mm. And yeah, I just knew then I thought, I didn't blame no one, I blamed myself. Mm. I was like, cause I knew, I was like, what are you doing back here? Yeah. What are you doing back here in the mix? You know what I mean? On a Friday night where it was like a pub, turned into a club and it was weird you know what I mean I was like you know I called my system and like I said you know I was like I was never a victim you know what I mean I was always like I was always on it do you know what mm. I mean so yeah that led to that and I thought you know what this ain't for me so I healed I healed and I just went straight back to Spain yeah was, was that packed my knives packed my, my bags and said I need to go back yeah. and live a normal life and not come back yeah. to this shit yeah, so how much then of a, of a moment was that for you in terms of, like you said, you, you packed everything up and went back to Spain, but to like really propel you and go, right, I need to focus on this lane and almost like, 
this is a well that's what it is isn't it like behind. i went back to spain and i just went hard man i just realized like i've been through a lot and I, I left spain for a year i came back to london tried to experience something different in london with other uh prestigious restaurants you know um and you know this incident happened and i just realized look like there's more to life than this do you know what i mean so you have to go hard so when i went back to spain i just went hard and when I mean went hard, I just like I was so into food and I was so creative in the kitchen. Yeah. I was up early. I was in the kitchen early. And when I was the last one to leave, I would always experiment because I had the freedom to experiment there. And that gave me the motivation. You know, what happened that evening gave me the motivation to, to make it proper. You know what mm. I mean? And it stayed with me s since today. Yeah. And do you feel like... Till this day. How much do you feel like you needed that motivation to stay with it and really make it something huge you know I needed it I needed it my parents still live in the same place so every time I'm back I'm calm the head the mind's right now do you know what I mean yeah the mind's right I'm mature now you know what yeah. I mean got kids now so yeah it's calm yeah. but um yeah they were the wild days man mm, that's crazy like how something like that can just happen like you said almost like you know not to use a, a cooking pun but like a flash in the pan and you know you find yourself in a situation and it's like right and then you almost change your whole life around I mean yeah don't get me wrong man it like it, 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 it knocked me down for a couple of months man mm. because like just visually you know what I mean my face was like my face was in a mess do you know what I mean um, I had to stop working that you know what I mean it was embarrassing mm. um, and um, yeah I just it was a horrible thing mm. because it wasn't it, it was a two way situation you know what I mean there's always two you know what I mean so it was a horrible thing that I didn't want to be a part of. Mm. So I just realized that I needed to be that guy, man, be more humble. And um, it helped me spiritually also. Yeah. I looked into Buddhism a bit more, which is my roots. And um, yeah, I just needed to to, to calm down. Yeah. Bit, you know what I mean? So, so now you've got like a little Buddha mm. on your necklace that as mm. we're speaking, are you now like... <laughs> Am know, I now like... No, no, you know, are you like, do you a devout Buddhist or is that yeah, just to embrace definitely. the culture or, no, you know, what's no, the no, meaning I'm, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, man. I'm a practicing Buddhist um, and that's the reason for veganism also. Mm. Um, just growing up, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Once you have kids, mate, it changes your world, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I can yeah. say, really. When you have kids, it just changes you and you can either be the same or be the best version of you yeah. for your, for the future. Of course, of course. Mm. And, so I'm just going to roll back the clock a little bit because we've spoken a little bit about you journey into Spain. Yeah. Um, so I want to just take it back to the catering college. Um, so once you left catering college, what was your next step professionally? And, you know, when did you make that jump over to Spain and what were the kind of experiences you were having? So after I left catering college, I went to work with my uncle in a pub in St. John's Wood called the Lord's Tavern, which was next door to the Lord's Cricket Ground. Um that was traditional English and Thai cuisine. He took me underneath. He just took me under his wing, man. And um, we really bonded. He was my mum's younger brother. He was my uncle, but I called him bigger bro mm. in our language. Um, yeah, he probably taught me a lot. We spent a lot of time together because he was young at heart also, do you know what I mean? And he passed away from cancer, so that affected me a lot. He passed away from cancer about five years ago. Mm. No. Six years ago, six, seven years ago. Yeah, um, that affected me a lot. And um, after that, I got the chance to move to Spain, which I did. And I moved to Spain. 
and I really experienced fine dining from there. Yeah. yeah. Because before it was, it, this was a pub kitchen, so it was cool. You know what I mean? Learning the trade and everything, you know, having fun at the same time. But now it's serious now. You're talking about chef whites, tall hats, regulations, all that stuff. You know what I mean? So when I went to Spain, it changed. I got into wine, into Spain, put it that way. Yeah. I got into wine. No, it was, it, there was no more beers, it was just wine. So I got into that and I got into fine dining and I became a bit of a posh, yeah. posh douchebag. So when you say fine dining, is that not obviously just like the wine experience? Obviously Spain, they're very much into, you know, high quality meats and-, and Fine dining is know. basically, you're paying for that experience. So we're talking about when you enter the restaurant, you know, there's a hostess there. Mm. We'll take you to your table, you know. When you go to the toilet, you come back, your 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 towel's folded, you know. You go to the toilet, there's some type, there's tooth, there's like disposable toothbrush even, you know. Yeah. Um, I went, I went to, I went to Ronda, an area in Spain, and had a 21 course meal. Wow. 21 course tasting, tasting menu, you know, things like that. Um, just, yeah, fine dining, obviously expensive ingredients top quality produce, reputable chefs. You're trying to win awards now, you know. You're talking about three, four people minimum on one starter. Elements to it. Elements and layers. Wow. Textures and flavours. And when you talk about textures, we're talking about gels and foams and stuff, you know. Mm. All that gastronomy stuff. So that, that was that. That was my past life also, man. So I was so into that. I was so mm. into that. And I got into that very, very quick. And was that because it was a new experience within the new. cooking world? It was new. I, I thought, before then, I just thought food was food, you know. And when I went to Spain and I saw all these things, it just opened my mind and I was just amazed and blown away of how, the things that you could do with food, you know, with science behind it, you know. Slow drying, slow cooking, smoking, mm. um, extracting clarifying all of these things just was so new to me and I got so into it and as the circle goes round now I'm just back to the normal mm. humble bowl yeah. of shepherd's pie I'll be happy with that yeah. vegan shepherd's pie whereas before I'll be honest with you I couldn't eat a pizza or pasta yeah. without red wine that's how snobby I was yeah. I'm telling you man it was like oh man I've got a pizza I need, I need, I need red wine yeah. Shit, I need to find a shop where can I get a glass of red wine because I couldn't enjoy it I was so used to it I worked there for so long, came back to London, had no money. Mm. I spent, I must have spent about 20 grand on food there. Jeez. Maybe more. Yeah. No, actually more. Because we would, we would spend our wages in other restaurants. Yeah. And I'm talking about two, three hundred euros for lunch. <sighs> wow. Tasting menu. Just to see what they were doing. Yeah. See what other chefs were doing. Because back then, I wanted to be something different. I wanted to work for a, a famous chef or be a head chef of a famous hotel or restaurant. That's what I wanted to be. You know what I mean? I looked up to people like Gordon Ramsay, mm. Marco, Marco Pierre White. But now it's just totally different, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have nothing in common with them anymore. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's good because you're like, I guess you've kind of, like you said, you've brought it back to your roots mm. and what you're into. But like, how, how much did you learn while you were out there from a, well, a cooking point of view, but also cooking, about life, yourself? growing up, you know, confidence, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I learned Spanish to her, mm. spoke a lot of French there. I became confident young man, man. Mm. Yeah. And then coming back to UK like you so said I, so I left so I left there I left Spain to work for Gordon Ramsay's company okay. in Knightsbridge I sent my CV when I was in Spain they accepted it and I was like shit I'm going I'm going to London yeah. to work in the best restaurant do you know what I mean so I came I came back to London stayed at my mum's and went to work at uh, this place in Knightsbridge 
and it was like wow i was like i thought spain was tough man mm. jesus christ why it's so tough in london it's just so tough here it's much more tough the, the kitchens here was so tough i'm talking about like michelin michelin kitchens you know at this time at the time it had two stars two michelin stars mm. and you know you can be awarded three stars maximum and two stars is very hard to achieve for the chefs, you know. You know, I was just a commie there, but it was so tough. It was so tough. The hours, mm. the shifts, the pressure, the abuse. <laughs> yeah, not abuse. Like, like I said, not with me, but just I just saw abuse. Yeah, just seeing it around yeah. me. Yeah, the drugs also. The drugs, a lot of drugs in um in in London, a lot of heavy drugs, in Spain. It was like, it was calm. It was a few beers, maybe a few Bombay sapphires, a few drinks after. You know, it was like one euro a beer there, maybe a bit of smoke. Yeah. But London, totally different. Yeah. Hard drugs. Yeah. I never got involved, but hard drugs, I see that. I just saw it around me. Um, chefs cooking, man, having nosebleeds. Imagine wow. that. Wow. It's just bleeding. It's crazy. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so I know I'm not a part of that also. So, yeah. Like I'm saying, man, like, for the most of my life, I'm like, where do I fit in? Yeah. Trying to fit in, bruv. That's what, that's what was happening. I was trying to fit in. Mm. You know what I mean? And now I have created my own lane. I'm here. Yeah. I don't need to fit in no more. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy, man. So at what point for you did you make the jump from being, you know, someone who's worked around these kitchens and, you know, cooking meat, eating meat and everything into like now being, like you said, a full vegan and that's like... Full ethical vegan. Yeah. Um, having kids. Having my first son in 2009, wanting to settle down, <clears throat> became vegetarian mm. in 2009 um, after watching Earthlings. Yeah. Yeah, I got to plug that. Watch Earthlings, guys. Earthlings. <laughs> Earthlings on, um, yeah, just type it up. Earthlings. We watched that. It was quite visual. Um, animal abuse. Yeah. And after that, I just like had, you know, had a little cry, gave my wife a high five, and then we decided to go vegetarian from that day and raise our son vegetarian. And then 2014, I became a vegan after watching Gary Yarovsky's greatest speech. I'll repeat that again, Gary Yarovsky's greatest speech ever. Yeah. I watched that and it made so much sense. And I thought, you know what, I'm done with milk and dairy. Yeah, what's the speech about? It's about how, it's, it's about the truth of how we're blinded by society and the big companies. That's what it's about. Yeah. Watch yeah. it, um, you should watch it, man. Everyone should watch it. In be watching that tonight or tomorrow at least. Um, okay, so so you've made this jump into becoming a full vegan. At this point, did you have a opening your own business in mind, or was this just a lifestyle choice? So you in said 2014, I took a break. Yeah, uh, I took a break and I started training with Shaka Bars. Yeah, you might have heard of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he had a movement called Spartan Fam, and I linked up with him. Started started training. Um, had a little Instagram account just started and then Shaka knew that I was quite you know Shaka knew I was a chef yeah and I would make these amazing smoothies for breakfast and one day I bought a vegan milk to class mm. Shaka had a taste he said mate can you can you give me some can you hook me up you know what I mean so I said yeah man so I hooked him up and the next thing you know I was bringing about 30 bottles to class oh, wow. in a mini suitcase yeah you know the mini ones that you drag along yeah. You know, so I bought um, and I would sell them for three quid each and that would pay for um, my lessons and my travel. 
And everyone, everyone was on it. Everyone knew that I was this chef and just waiting, man. And I just said to my wife, do you know what? It's time. Mm. It's time. What, it's, what were you doing work-wise at this, to- at this point? I had a year off. I had yeah. a year off. Yeah, I had a year off. I didn't have a lot of money. I just had a year off. So that's why I was selling the milks. You know what I mean? To pay for my, yeah, okay, right, yeah. my, 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 my leisure. So I was, just, I was enjoying life. Don't forget, I hadn't had a year off. I hadn't had time off since I left school, man, mm. working. Do you know what I mean? Full-time in kitchens. So I enjoyed this year of getting fit. And... Um, yeah, just training with Shaka, started gymnastics, shit like that, you know. It's a shame I didn't carry on, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but um, yeah, and then I opened Cook Daily in 2015. Yeah. And they were one of my first customers, Spartan Fam Family, man. Oh, wow. And it's just been a big ride since yeah. then. And did you, like, that, that journey to opening the, the, the restaurant, were you doing, like, the whole pop-up stalls and you know, food markets and all those kind of things along the way. Or was no, it I had just done like, that in the past already. I'm going in. I'd done it in the past already. So 15 years before that, I had been in like market stalls, pubs, uh, Thai restaurants, f- fine dining, you know, you name it, I've, I've done it all. Mm. So when I wanted to open Cook Daily, I said to my parents, can you lend me some money to open a vegan restaurant? They thought I was crazy. They said, vegan? What, you mean vegetarian? Like, <laughs> You're gonna sell eggs, right? I said, no, vegan. So. Yeah, they didn't really like see the vision. Yeah, but I did it and I smashed it, man. And then mm. now they proper support you. Yeah, but they're now like your biggest customers. <laughs> now they're like, do you want to open another one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wicked because like, I always find, you know, especially for you, I guess, and and for me, similarly, come from Italian background, is like, the food is such a big part of the culture, mm. but a lot of it is, you know, non-vegan food. It's it's meats, it's cheeses, it's this, it's that. Um, so like how were your parents around you making that decision were they a bit like well, when oh. I was vegetarian in 2009 my dad said to me one time which upset me was like look I don't mind you and your wife but being a vegetarian veg- kids. but don't bring wow you know London up vegetarian like give him fish at least salmon yeah. or some shit and I was like shit like you know they don't get it in it but I couldn't blame them you know they're from a different generation mm. so um, it was hard it was hard I'm not gonna lie it was hard we was alone because there wasn't a community back then, you know. I would go to VegFest and it would just be me and my wife mm. going to VegFest. Now you go to VegFest and it's like I'm rolling with like 20 man deep. You mm. know what I mean? Going as a crew, seeing that crew, linking up with this crew. It's, it's a big, it's a big V gangbang, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like before it was just us. And um, don't forget, like, you know, I'm, I was the only Laotian person that yeah. was meat free. I didn't know no, nobody else, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, you know people thought that we were born to eat meat you know what I mean in, in my culture but I broke all the cycles man do you know what I mean mm. listening a lot to Akala also yeah you know for people like Akala Loki Shakabar so I was on that journey already man in 2014 you know what I mean and um what yeah. set you off on that journey Buddhism Buddhism and the truth trying to find the truth mm. And it's, yeah, yeah, because I know, you know, Buddhism is very much spiritual and in touch with the world and everything that goes on. I mean, I'm an ethnic Buddhist, and that means, you know, I was born into a Buddhist family, but I wasn't really a practicing Buddhist until my adult life, you know. So now I would consider myself as a practicing Buddhist, what I practice at home, you know what I mean? Mindfulness on a daily, Yeah, you know what I mean? Is that, you know, including meditation and all of the kind of... Ideally, ideally, yes, uh, but... um, I struggle with meditation with my busy lifestyle but yeah. mindfulness definitely yeah all the time mindfulness try to do things mindful you know yeah. I mean I've got kids now so I have to teach them also mm. so they remind me also you know what I mean yeah but like yeah man we always watching things like Buddhist cartoons Buddhist talks and have yeah and have 
just have good conversations at home, man. Yeah. With the wife and kids about the world, about yeah. how lucky and fortunate we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And when you did open the restaurant, you know, as with any business, starting up's not easy, is it? So it's like, what were the kind of struggles you face in terms of running it? See, um, they say that. They say that. Like, a lot of people say that, but I'm going to be honest with you, yeah? It was fucking easy, man. Because yeah. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I had to do. Yeah. It wasn't like a total beginning, you know what I mean? It was like, I've been here already so many times. Mm. I've worked for big companies. I've worked for hotels, man. Hotels and restaurants. Do you know what I mean? I've seen like how they do everything from stock control to produce control. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was a part of that. Yeah. You know, that was part of the training. That's why you go to train at these places, mm. not just to cook, but to learn how to run a business. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, and always looking at the chefs, seeing how they move, they work. I would mimic them and copy them. Do you know what I mean? So I was, I was so ready. So when we opened Cook Daily, within a week we was established. Wow. The only hard thing was, is me doing it by myself. Yeah. Cooking there 24-7. Do you know what I mean? I promised myself a hundred days straight that I would work. And that's what me and my wife did. So we didn't even see our kids for like a hundred days nearly, man. We'll we'll come to work, they'll be asleep. Come home from work, they'll be asleep. I did that for a hundred days, just over three months of just cooking my ass off in the kitchen, making a name for myself. And like I said, we was established in a week. People came, people saw, people heard, people ate it. And um, no official, no, no website at the time. No Cook Daily Instagram, no Cook Daily Twitter. It was just my personal Instagram. Um, no PR. I still don't have a PR. No agency, no nothing. And um, word of mouth. Yeah. It was through word of mouth. Because I knew what London was missing, bro. I knew what it was missing. It was missing an eating culture. Yeah. And that's what I brought to the table. You see, people talk about what they've done for the scene. And I mean, which is great. I rate that. You know, they've done this for the scene, that for the scene. I brought a scene to the scene if that makes mm. sense. I brought a scene here. Yeah. That's a difference, man. Yeah. Because I think like the times when I've come through and tried to get, tried to get something and it's always just like crazy hectic. Mm. Like just, it's like a real melting pot of people. It's, you know, people who have heard about it from, mm. that have come to London as tourists. There's like, you know, street kids. There's mm. like, you know, it's in Shoreditch. So you get like the middle class people. It's a real like melting pot of people. Whereas, you know, three four years ago if you told someone about a vegan restaurant you just think oh that's just gonna be full of that's like, what i'm saying posh kids or, or that's whatever. why i had to create my own lane because mm. back then it was like where do i fit in yeah, yeah do i go to the juice bar route you know what i mean west london expensive juice bar healthy dudes do i go to the yoga mum route you know what i mean which route do i go i said you know what man i've got to be myself and i yeah. found myself in 2014 15 as a vegan chef that's when i really found myself as a chef so I created my own lane and now we have our own culture. You know what I mean? Cook daily culture, that's what mm. it is. And um, that's that's just driven from not fitting in. Not fitting in. I tried to fit in. I tried to, you know. Yeah. For the whole time I was cooking, I tried to fit in, you know. Talking to posh people, millionaires, feeding millionaires. Bruv, I was, bruv, it was so mad. Like, I've done private catering so many times in Spain. Yeah. And I did one for a, a doctor apparently he nearly found a cure for AIDS and he was so rich he was so rich I went to his house mate it was mad it was, it was on the golf course wow done his like you know me and my wife done a private catering for him it was just me cooking for him and then um, he gave me the t- now before I went down from the hotel I went downstairs the um, uh, the food and beverage manager was like king whatever you make with your tips that's for you yeah you take it you keep it 
You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, this guy's worth X, X, X amount. So, you know, we went there. We did the cooking and everything. Got the tip. Put it in my pocket and that. Went upstairs in the, in the golf buggy. Pulled it out, <laughs> bruv. You know what, how much it was? I hate to think. 15 euros. <laughs> no way. It was 15 euros. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't fit in. This is bollocks. I was like, I got a 15 euros tip, me and my wife. Like, we just went to his house and gave him the special treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was suspecting like a couple of hundred euros tip. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Jeez. You're this multi-millionaire dude. Like, this doctor, I got 15 euros. I was like, I'm done. Let's book a flight. Let's go home. <laughs> funny story, but that's the truth, man. That's so funny, though. It makes you realise, though, isn't it? All the, you know, these people who might have loads of money and this and that. It's like, it doesn't necessarily Yeah, they, mean they were paying for safe. a service. Like, I gave them the best yeah. service, man. I'm, I mean, went to his house, like, cleaned up, washed up, cooked, everything. Like, mm. it was proper service. Yeah. That we had, you know, because we, 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 the hotel was an, a golf resort. Yeah. And he had one of the houses there. 15 euros, mate. I give more than that when I go to a restaurant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, man. But you know what I love is like how, I, even from afar, like following your, your, you on Instagram, following Cook Daily on Instagram, like I do get a real sense that the restaurant is you and you are the restaurant. Mm. And like you said, you didn't fit in anywhere. You felt like you didn't. So I didn't. I, did, I didn't. I didn't. And I still don't. I yeah. still don't. And it's still hard to get my head around that because yeah. there's still obstacles for me right now to get to where I want to be. Yeah. But like I said, it's just, I'm just in my own lane, so yeah. I just got to stay in my own lane, man. Like, yeah. yeah. How much do you think it benefits you though, like not fitting in anywhere? It benefits me because I can do what I want to do. Do you know what I mean? Basically, that's it. It gives me a lot of freedom. But the only thing is, it's slowing me down to get to where I want to be. And where do I want to be? I want to be out there. You know I mean, I want to spread this message to the masses. Mm. I want the whole world to know about Cook Daily culture, mm. you know. But it's hard. And it's because I choose the things that I want to do, if you know what I mean. Like, for example, like Met Primetime TV. Like, I might not want to do that, man. Do you know what I mean? If it doesn't really fit in, it's like, mm. why would I do that? But then again, I want to be out there. So it's a tough one. Yeah. It is a tough one because I don't want to do half of the things that people are doing already these vegan chefs or whatever chefs or whatever I, I, I don't I, I don't feel it you know what I mean yeah Saturday Live Kitchen for example I had a feature on there but I don't think I would enjoy going there live and cooking with the people there I don't think I'll enjoy yeah. that and I could I can do it but I won't enjoy it yeah and then does that where I guess because you've got the collaboration with Wagamama's mm. is that where those kind of things come into place for you because that's a way to kind of get yeah the name and the brand and yourself out yeah. there without having to do, like I said, the primetime TV and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, definitely, Wagamama man, um, give me so much freedom. They know what I'm about, mm. and they still work with me, and that's good because that's the truth, man. And people rate that because they're working with a very, very independent young company. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, basically, they could have worked with anyone. Yeah. with the vegan scene you know what I mean but they chose to work with me and it's blessed because yeah the vision's there you yeah. know what I mean and you know I guess that comes down to the culture which you've kind of spoken about a few times but for you how do you define what that culture is what Cook Daily culture yeah Cook Daily culture is the new London the new vegan London you know veganism has always been there man 20, 30 years ago I always say white men hippie dreadlocks yoga rusters mm. this is a new wave now you know what i mean kids in tracksuits tattoo artists film directors anything yeah that's cool daily culture 
not the stereotype, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you started, did you ever think that you would become a kind of a spearhead figure for you know, the vegan <clears throat> scene or this new wave no, of No, I didn't really culture? think of it like that. I just, I, just, I just knew that I had to be myself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that shine through. People connect with me because of that. Yeah. They come to Cook Daily. A lot of, you know, uh, you get a lot of celebrities passing through. They can eat anywhere they want, man. Do you know what mm. I mean? They've got money to eat anywhere. They choose to eat with me. I have to appreciate that, man. I have to be humble, you get me? So, yeah, it's like, I realised that they're not just eating there because of the food, but because they can trust trust in me, yeah. have a connection, you know, with someone that they, um, yeah, they can connect with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's sick. And the dishes themselves, mm. they, I get the sense that they're very much um, influenced from you know, haven't heard like your your story and your journey. They're very much influenced from all of those elements. But how, mm. like, how do you come up with the actual dishes? Like, where do you where do you, you know, do you practice them at home and make them and perfect them, or is it like I want to make this type of dish and then you work on it? Or so you know, with um, with the dishes, it's like because I've got so many years experience in the kitchen and this is my life. I don't really have to like practice, practice, practice. I yeah. can just have an idea of what I want to create and then try it out. And most of the times it works and yeah. it might need a few tweaking here and there and that's it. That's 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 how it is really. But um the inspiration from the food comes from life itself, you know. I've got a dish called Yoga Fire, which is basically based on the Street Fighter character Dao Sim. Yeah. Which is an Indian character. So it's an Indian yellow curry with dal, chickpeas, sweet potatoes, dal simmered in golden coconut milk. So dal is a lentil simmered in go- golden coconut milk. Yeah. But when you add them words together, it's dal sim. Mm. So these are little things that I play with and only me and my mates get it. I don't need the whole world to know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. it's just for me. Um, so that's the inspiration for that. And that's called the yoga fire. So a lot of people come in and they'd be like, that must be so hot. You know what I mean? That must be so like so spicy. It's like, no, it's just like, it's, it's his special move. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like who? Like who? What, Street Fighter? What? You know what I mean? So I'm a big fan of Street Fighter. Yeah. I have a Street Fighter arcade machine yeah. in Cook Daily, yeah. Oh, so, um, like I said, man, that space is very personal. You know, yeah. it's it, it's me in the shipping container. You know, from handwritten menus from the graffiti to the arcade machines to the names of the dishes, the elements of the dishes. And our bestseller is the high grade, mm. which is based on marijuana. And that came from one day, I was just so high, eating Pringles, the Mexican flavor. I think it's called Tex-Mex. And it's, it, it's, it's certified vegan. And I remember eating that and I'm thinking it was smoky. It was, just, it was a smoky barbecue flavor. I thought, how could I create that into a bowl? And then I just put my mind together. And yeah, that's how it was, that's how it was born, man. Mm. It was, it's inspired by marijuana. So it's stir-fried veggies in hemp oil um, with hemp seed crumbles, green herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Reference to marijuana. Oh, it's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um it's a sweet and sour smoky barbecue flavour and that's yeah. our best seller. Yeah. And I even have my own source range of that, yeah. Yeah. Oh nice. Mm. And it, it so are you then planning to expand, like you said you've got source range, are you then and the collaboration with Wagon members, are you planning to expand Cook Daily out in with other products and you know, you know, I'm guessing obviously other restaurants. To be honest with you, you know what, at, at this stage I don't really know, you know. I mean, people think I should know, but I, mm. I don't know what I want to do. There's, so, there's been so many opportunities to do amazing things, but it's like, I want to take my time mm. and enjoy this journey. Because I know it's a journey. I know it's a journey. I know I look back in 10 years time and be like, wow, 2015 is when it really kicked off. So I have to enjoy it, man. 
So I'm just taking things slow. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm just all about the food. Yeah. Concentrating on the food and concentrating on building a good cult following also. You know? Yeah. Mm. As, as, so for the foreseeable future, you're just going to have the one location and it's like, come down. Things change with, yeah. uh, with catering so quick and with my life. So for now, yeah. yeah. We could sit down next month and I could be like, oh, yeah. I've just signed a deal for this. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? we, just, we just, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's where I'm at at the moment, you know? Yeah. And what's the, what's the big, like, goal for you in terms of you know you said you want to be out there and have the culture out there like what's the big goal there's mosquito yeah i think you just bit me on the ear <laughs> um what's the big goal for the for the company and yourself like you know 15 20 years down the line i don't think i want to go that long <laughs> um but um the ideal life for me mm. would be to be comfortable and just to travel the world with my children to be honest that's it yeah I'd love to have a business here that runs itself, works works by itself. And I could be six months in Singapore or six months in Thailand or Japan. Them talk, you know, just with the kids. Yeah. You know, with a private tutor, maybe. Something like that, man. Yeah. I'm tired, man. You know yeah. what I mean? I've been I've been doing it for a long time, so it's like I'm not like all crazy about yeah. it. It's like, yeah, I just wanna build build it for the people, for the culture. Yeah. And whoever wants to run with it next can run with it. Yeah. I'm my family, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Are you still putting in a lot of the hours yourself in the kitchen? Oh, no, no, not in the kitchen. Not in the kitchen, but behind the scenes, yeah. I love a lot. Yeah, 24 hours. But, um, yeah. So the ideal would be to enjoy life with, with the youths, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, nice. And what's, what's the biggest thing you've learned being a father? I would say how important life really is. Mm. Yeah. I, could, I, was, I was saying to my wife the other day, like, right, imagine we didn't have kids, man. It'd be so boring. Do mm. you know what I mean? Other people think, oh, kids hold you down, tie you down. It just depends the type of person that you are. You know what I mean? I've always been into kids, man. Like, when, when I was, like, young guys playing around my cousins, you know what I mean? I love kids, man. So when I had my own kids, it's like, wow, it's even better. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You know, I'm going bike riding with him. I'm just, like, I'm doing everything with my kids, man. Mm. You know what I mean? And bringing them up in a vegan world, I'm creating a vegan world for them. Yeah. One day they're going to say, look, my dad and his mates created this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how serious it is because my kids finish school, which is around the corner from Box Park, Shoreditch. And then sometimes we'll go and have dinner there Yeah. with all of my mates, all the staff. And like, they're all vegan. So they live in a vegan world already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Like, yeah, yeah. That's how they see things. They, for them, veganism is normal. It's normal, yeah. My son has a vegan like teacher. Do you know yeah. what I mean? How like, do you think you'll approach the conversation then when they get older and they start to realise, you know... They know already. Yeah? They know already, yeah. I'm proper, like, I'm funny with that. Like, they're proper know already. The other day I was in a supermarket and I was just, just running through the meat section, just teasing him. Be like, look, look all the meat. Hmm. We're just both running, covering our faces. Yeah. Like, he knows, man. He's seen, he's seen earthlings. Yeah. You know, my, my older son. And they know, like, veganism is their life. They know mm. their dad's king cook daily. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll see me at home and I'm doing a video. I'll be like... Okay, I'm gonna shoot a video now. Do you want to be involved? Yeah. They, they, it's, it's their life also. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because King Cook Daily and the Cook Daily culture, the movement, and my Instagram is very personal. Like, if you look at my Instagram account, like, I don't really have like pretty, pretty pictures of food. Mm. You know what I mean, I have like normal foods. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could do like, I could do an amazing like avocado rose or a watermelon sculpture, or whatever. You know what I mean? And have like so many likes and so many followers, man. Yeah. But it's like, that's not you. I don't eat that, bro. Yeah. Neither do they. Yeah. But they do that for, for, for the gram. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of course. I eat real food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty food. Sometimes I might do something pretty, but like, I'm never going to like 
force it with food. Yeah. Yeah, chefs don't really force it with food, man. You know what I mean? You ask any chefs, when they go home, what do they eat? They will tell you, I eat a sandwich. A sandwich or a pizza. Mm. Even microwave food. I know, like, sometimes I just want a club sandwich and a cup of tea when I go yeah. home. You know what I mean? Well, and you I, were saying before we started that you had the... Um Instant noodles. Exactly. You today, said, what did I have for breakfast? I was like, <laughs> what did I have today? It's like, yeah, I had instant noodles. Yeah. And sometimes I might go to a restaurant and have something really nice. You know yeah. what I mean? Spend a bit of money. But when I go home, sometimes I might just yeah. want a pizza. Do you become really critical then when you go to other restaurants? Not, not in the sense of like criticizing the food, but in you can't help but kind of look at it as, you know, a food Yes product. and no. I mean, before, yes, because there was so much going on. But right now with the vegan scene, it's not that special, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go to a burger place and judge a burger because it's a burger. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go to a vegan junk food place and judge these are frozen chips and not hand-cut chips. Yeah. It's like, I'm paying X amount of money. Like, you know what I mean? I, I know what I'm getting. So I've got to that level and I think people need to fucking start getting on that level also. Stop judging things when you're paying five pound for a little bowl and you want to say this and that bruv it's, it's not that deep you know yeah. what I mean it's not a Michelin star restaurant it's not like a fine dining restaurant where people are trying to do things it's just okay if it's bad it's bad isn't it but yeah yeah like I don't I don't because I know I know where I'm at I know where I am if I'm at Wagamama I'm at Wagamama innit it's a chain yeah do you know what I mean it's going to be different taste here and there now and again it's going to be a bit off or a bit you know whatever like you have to accept that. If I'm going to a burger place, a vegan burger place, it's a vegan burger place. What, what, do, you want to, what do you want me to rate the buns? <laughs> like, no, you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? If they're making their own buns and their price is high, then yeah, I'll be like, yeah, this bun's good. So, you know, I, I, you know in, my, in my mind, I'll be like, it's sick. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to go to a, a cheap place or a standard place and just picking out shit, man. That's, yeah. that's just, that's snobby, man. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, right now, no, yeah. that part of the old me, that, that's died, man. That was yeah, that was the that old one, me. Yeah, yeah, done that before. Go in this restaurant, that restaurant, be like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, come on, man, it's long. Yeah, it's long. Yeah, even I, service staff. Sometimes I don't even bother. Like, if the service is rude or something, I'd be like, oh, it's London, isn't it? Yeah, it's this is, is London. Yeah. She's probably stressed. Yeah, like allow her. You know yeah. what I mean? And also, it's like I find, like, why are you gonna put that extra weight on yourself and get annoyed at someone who might? be having a bad day and they've no, just No, but you know what it is? A, some people, they, they, they haven't lived this lifestyle, but they're, they're critiques. Yeah. You know what I mean? All, all of a sudden, they're, they're reviewing vegan foods. It's like, what have you done? What can you even cook? Can you even cook a better version of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? They can't. They haven't. Yeah. But they want to run this blog and all that stuff. I'm not hating. I'm just saying, like, I don't rate that. Yeah. There's been so many times people say, yeah, can I come and review your thing? I'll be like, okay, let me see who you are. Oh, you're just, you're just, you're just some some guy at home that started this thing and want to review like no like just come and eat I'm, I'm not going to be a part of it you know what I mean yeah if you're this guy that's been doing it for 15 years of course man you know what I mean mm. you've got experience yeah I mess with you but yeah. apart from that no man just yeah. keep it moving you know what I mean I like, that. I like that how you've got this real sense of like this is who I am this is what I'm about and I'm not compromising it's experience that. bro mm. it's experience you know what I mean why would yeah why would I judge something that doesn't need to be judged yeah. you know what I mean like I always say cooked daily is not the food's not amazing. It's mm. just good home cooked food done really well, freshly at a minute, freshly cooked to your order. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You don't order, we don't cook it. That's all it is. It's the, it's the concept, and it's and 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 it's great. It's great. Mm. You want you want to have amazing food with loads of textures and flavors. You can go to a restaurant for that. You know what I mean? If you want a good grub, vegan grub, come see us. You know yeah. what I mean? That's nice. all it is, man. Yeah, yeah, sick man. Well, look, I've only got a few more questions for you. Um, this has been wicked, like just to hear the journey and like, mm. you know, seriously, I'm just like, geez, man, like 15 years is a long time and to put so much into a, 
a craft and a trade and to sort of then put it into something of your own and a project and something you really kind of deeply care about and it's like that's special that's a real like mm. thing that not a lot of people get to do and you that's know. what i'm saying that's why sometimes i feel alone mm. let's talk about that sometimes i feel alone bro mm. it's like no one's really been through what i've been through you mm. know what i mean we're talk i don't know if it's 15 years like let's say i started when i was 15 six, 16 catering college i'm 35 now mm. so that's over 15 years wow. mm. all right how many is that 19 would say again 16 to 35 that's yes nine nearly two decades bro yeah so often i feel alone sometimes i think no one gets it mm. and you know what i have to live with that man how, like, how do you deal with that when I mean, you do feel at like first that. i was frustrated yeah. you know what i mean my wife just tells monday my wife just like brings me down to earth and says that man you just have to accept it because it will be like this you know um my friend alicia shaka's mum said to me on an instagram post is like that's the curse of like being a with you know being like pioneering things pioneering mm. the scene that like you will feel alone sometimes yeah. and that to me said a lot i was like yeah that's what it is if i'm pioneering it and flying the flag for this whole new movement you will feel alone man because no one's told you how to do it i can't look up to no one i can't mm. look up to no one who am i gonna look up to mm. what gordon ramsay what marco pio white yeah before but like now it's like we're so different mm. we're but so different you're now the one that other people are looking up to yeah, you could say that. Yeah, definitely. But I have no one to look up to. So yeah. I'm doing it all by myself, man. And it's like, it's, it can be a lonely place sometimes. And it can be frustrating at times. It is what it is, though. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't mind as long as, as long as I'm inspiring the younger generation, especially, and other people around me. I get like loads of messages every day, man, about veganism. And mm. it's warming. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, we're doing something... Daily culture is doing something really positive. Yeah. Forget all the hype and all the fame and all that shit. It's like, it's doing something so positive, man. Yeah. So positive. What would you then say to anyone who's kind of, I guess, sceptical about veganism? Well, I'm in such a weird place at the moment because before, if you asked me this two years ago, I would go in. <laughs> right now, I'll go in. <laughs> but right now, I really feel like saying... So I want to say I'm not really bothered, but it's like tired. Like, well, if you don't get it, then I don't know. I can't. It's, if you still, if you think it's a fashion or a fade or a fad diet, a phase, whatever, a bandwagon, then like, I don't think we can connect. Do you know what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say? Like, it's there. Look into it, man. You know what I mean? Look at the people that are doing it. Don't look at like you know the all the people that are hyping it. You know what I'm trying to say? All these young cats. Look at the people that are really doing it. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Look at all the conscious rappers that are fucking rapping about some serious stuff. And look look what their diet is. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it makes sense, you know? Mm. So, right now, I'm just like, how? I don't even want to say give it a try. I just want to be like, um. okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you carry on eating meat? How about that? How about, um, when I meet people and they say, oh, I eat meat, but not, I don't eat every day. I say, why not? You should, why, don't, why don't you eat every day? Mm. There you go. There's your answer. Why don't you eat meat every day? Mm. Why don't you eat meat three times a day? Why don't you do it? Some people do it, yeah? Okay, that's fair enough. Some people do it, whatever. You can't change them. But all, for all the people that think, yeah, I eat more vegetables. Why are you eating vegetables for? You just eat meat, man. There you go. So they already know. You yeah. already know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. you already know. 
For you to say, I don't eat meat every day though. Like, you know, like it's maybe like twice a week, I cut, I cut down. Why are you cutting down for? Just, just go in, man. So you already know, there's the answer, man. You already know, just, just, just be open. Just open up to the universe. That's all it is. That's yeah. what I did. I opened up to the universe. I made a promise to the universe in 2014 and said, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do less harm when I'm here. Mm. And it's answered me back with all these things, man. You know what I mean? And right now I have, I have a role to play. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 what I gotta say. It's a bit of a strange one to be honest, but no, I like that. It's, you know what I mean? That's that's what it is. It's a lot of levels. It's frustrating. Like I said, mm. I'm frustrated sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I get that sense because I feel like, I guess you're kind of in this situation where you're doing this thing because it's what you're really into, and people are now maybe coming to you for answers or questions or yeah. Before I was so on it, bro. Yeah, I think the energy's died. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's probably London. <laughs> Such a stressful place. Um. The energy has definitely died. Yeah. And right now I'm not ready to have like mad conversations with people. If they get it and they want my time, yeah, I'll give them my time. But yeah, yeah. I can kind of sense the bullshit, you know what I mean? I'm mm. not I'm not about to have any argument about where do you get your protein from. Like I'm done with that. Yeah. If you want to ask that question, then I'm walking away, man. Google it's like, it, isn't it? It's like if you really want to. It's like, no, nah, yeah. I don't need to talk to me about that. Yeah. If you still think like that, oh about about protein, like pff, come on man. It's two thousand eighteen now, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. And but trust me, listen, being vegan, yeah. It's been the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah. One of the best things I've ever done. I haven't looked back since. Um, just clarity. Instant clarity. Um, cleaner diet. Um, and just clarity is such a big thing, but things are clear now. You know what mm. I mean? But well, where do you get your protein from? <laughs> oh, I get it from... Um... <laughs> um, no, no, I do get it. And I, you know, it's something that I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, oh yeah, but I'm cutting meat down a little bit. And, you know, consciously trying to do it because there's a big part of me that's like you'll get there when you're ready yeah exactly and i'm kind of scared to make that big jump because i'm like i'm not ready to like convince a single mother of six in a council estate struggling about veganism you know what i'm trying to say i'm not trying to preach her like she's got issues man whatever you know what i'm trying to say like yeah i would give my time to people that really want to know and really need it you know what i'm trying to say yeah so i'm not about spreading a message like that i have to choose where and when and who, you know what I mean? And that's important because I'm not deluded, you know what mm. I mean? And that's important to kind of like understand that. It might be hard for other vegans to hear that, but it's true. Like you have to you have to choose sometimes yeah. because not everyone's ready. Yeah. If you would have told me 10 years ago, I would have laughed at you, yeah. you know? In 10 years ago, I would still laugh like um, about veganism, you know what I mean? If, if I was in the restaurant and someone said, oh, vegans here, I'll be like, oh, fuck's sake, get the, get, get the salad ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Open the fridge, what, what, what we got? We've got carrots. Like, that's how I used to treat it, yeah. you know what I mean? And now I'm that guy, vegan, yeah. going into restaurants. No, I don't really. I don't, I don't go into restaurants and make a big fuss. Yeah. But also, I guess it's like that thing, isn't it, of just because you're, you are vegan and you do have this business and this successful kind of company, you don't, or even just anyone who's a vegan in general, you don't have to be like, fly the flag for vegan every minute of every day and be like, yeah, you have to turn vegan because of this, that, and the other. It's like that's, you can that's be, man. You can be. And to be honest with you, I rate, I rate the people that do it. You know, I mean, big shout outs to people like Earthling Ed. You know, I mean, I think you should get him on here. He'd be so sick. Um, he's like one of my heroes, man, in mm. the UK. Earthling Ed, and just people that are doing this thing, like the Earthling Experience. They're around every Saturday in Leicester Square outside Burger King, showing animal cruelty on their laptops. Mm. Um, I rate that. 
that it, it, that that still needs to be done but that's just not me mm. i do my activism in a different way yeah, yeah, yeah i'm active in a different way and that's through connecting with people and showing them rather than talking about it like if i show you my food and you're tasting it you can connect to me be like wow and then we can have a conversation you know what i mean like if you're open to food you're open to conversation mm. you know um but yeah i still rate the people that do that and we still need it definitely mm. but that's just not me that's all you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's good i think that's a really nice place to kind of leave things and just roll out with the last few couple questions because I feel like that message there is like that just sums everything up really I guess um, so Dreamers Disease obviously name of the podcast so for me Dreamers Disease the way I interpret it and my meaning behind it is that it's the disease of dreaming that stops us from taking action because we're too busy sitting back and going oh, I'd love to be able to do that I'd love to be able to do that without actually making the moves to go and do it and that can cause us to live unhappy lives. And that's my interpretation of it and something that I'm trying to, I guess, get a message out to people to like actually follow your passions and do the things you enjoy. Um, but for well, you- Can I get one? Yeah, soon. soon. <laughs> coming soon, coming soon. Um, but for you, what would be your version of what the dreamer's disease is? Dreamer's disease, right now I'm thinking, don't dream, don't be a dreamer, be a, is that a word visionary? How do you say that? Visionary. How do you say? It? How do you say it? Yeah, yeah, vis- yeah. Would be visionary. Yeah. Visionary or visionaire? Visionary. Be a visionary. Yeah. Is it? I think so. If okay. if if, you're, if I think what you're trying to say is what you're trying to say, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes you get lost in dreams, right? Yeah. But if you have a vision, and you stick to the plan. Very similar, isn't it? Dreams and vision, right? Mm. But I feel like. If you're, yeah, the dream, dis- the dreamer disease could be that. Could be maybe don't dream too deep. Mm. Don't fall deep asleep and have a crazy dream. That because that will just only be a dream. Yeah. You have to have a vision, man. Like I always say, I I use that word a lot. Vision. It's like yeah, I have a vision. Like a dream. It's like oh, it's been my dream, but it's like yeah, so that's so broad, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, sick though. Dreamer's mm. disease. Like even the word disease. I learned something with my son. Uh, the longest word in a dictionary, or the longest word in English dictionary is, I'm not going to say it because I don't know it, but it's, um, it's a lung disease and it's bare long. Yeah. Things like 44 letters or something like that. Oh, really? But yeah, it's a lung disease. Look that <laughs> one up. I might yeah. add that one in somewhere into the explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Try and get it out every time. Um, put it on a t-shirt. So what are you saying about um, veganism then? How, like, how do you feel now sitting here with me for what, over a half hour? Um, how do I feel? I feel like, I definitely want to, I've only ever had like a few vegan, like proper vegan meals. Before. Really? Yeah, to be completely honest. You're yeah. Italian though, right? Yeah. There's a lot of Italian produce that is so good that all you need is just the pasta and yeah. the pomodoro, you yeah. know what I mean? I know. And the basilico, that is yeah. all you need really for a nice vegan meal, isn't yeah. it? No, it is. The produce true. in Italy is like, I know there's, it's quite heavy in meat, but Italian cuisine is so pure and fine. Mm. Sometimes you just need... I'm just happy having a pasta. People have pasta and taste the sauce. Mm. If I have a homemade pasta, I just want to taste the pasta. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And have the sauce will just complement it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so easy to be an Italian vegan, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. you've got so much good produce. Yeah. No, it's true. There is, like, especially when I go back to Italy or, you know, go go over to, to there on holiday and stuff. Like, just the tomatoes, man. Everything's amazing. just different. The food's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah. A bit of tomato, a bit of garlic, a bit of herbs. Yeah. You know, cut out the meat. You might feel and feel better. Yeah. Lighter. You know what I mean? High energy levels, mm. especially with raw foods. You know what I mean? We didn't even talk about that, but 
yeah that's a whole another yeah. thing man like different different types of vegan diets yeah. man we'll have to come back for part two and go yeah, deep with, with everything um, if the people want it man you know what I mean yeah. but um, I would say to you when you're having that meal yeah. just think of me I will think of me smiling no, it'd probably be it'd probably be at, <laughs> it'd be at Cook Daily Cook that's, Daily that's what it'll be. Yeah, Cook Daily I'll make sure you get a table yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah man um, a quick little final message to everyone about veganism is um, try it man try it try to understand it forget all the politics forget all the dickheads out there and just try it for yourself. You have to block everything out and just try it for yourself and really sit with it for a while, you know what I mean? And just like think, okay, if it's no, then go go eat your chicken, man. Because mm. sometimes that's my, that's, you might need that. You might need to overdose on chicken, mm. on chicken bones, sucking in the bones and shit, you know what I mean? You might need to do that. And then you're gonna realize, oh shit, like, you know, okay, enough is enough. I need to fucking do a 360, mm. you know, and do that. I mean, smoothies, Smoothies is vegan anyway, you know, don't add no cow's milk, you know, I mean, cow's milk's late, man. You should, I think people that are not even vegan don't even have cow's milk anymore, man. Mm. Um, yeah, just start off with a good breakfast. Smoothies, nice raw smoothies and then some fruits. Don't be scared of fruits. Mm. Don't be brainwashed by society, man. She's talking about diabetes. How do you get diabetes in the first place? Not from eating fruits. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So go hard on fruits. Veggies. If you've got a sweet tooth and you realize like you want chocolate, like you saying you you know you have a big sweet tooth for chocolate, that just means you haven't had enough fruits in a day. Yeah. If you are craving salty foods, that just means you haven't had enough veggies or greens in a day. You know what I mean? Especially like things like celery and stuff. You know, it has a high. You know, it's, it's a lot in sodium. So just increase the intake of fruits, veggies, and greens. You're gonna have less cravings. Yeah. And what happens later is you start to salivate over greens and that's mad. Sometimes, like, I never thought that day would come, but mm. there'll be days where I'm looking at YouTube, watching like some fruit documentary or you know, checking out durian fruit and I'm thinking, oh my God, I actually want to go to the night market now and get mm. fruit because I'm salivating over it. Whereas before it'd be like bacon and chicken. So yeah. you, can, you, you, can pro you can reprogram that, man. Yeah. So that's my tip. Okay, that's nice. And one final uh, question, I guess, to, to end off with. If you could roll back the clock and speak to a younger version of yourself, what three bits of advice would you give yourself to start doing from that very moment? One would be to definitely read more. Read more, explore more, and love more. Yeah, read more, explore more, and love more. I think that would make a better world, don't you? Yeah. Knowledge. Exploring is knowledge and just freedom and love. Love heals almost everything. So, do you know how close that is to my free? Yeah. Yeah, like reading, exploring. Oh, so shit. See more, do more, be more. See more, do more, be more. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. I would say do that. And if I could give myself a bit of advice back then, it would probably be should have listened to. Nah, it should have been um, maybe. Uh, have a vision, have a vision from earlier. Yeah. Rather than not wasting time, but rather than taking all this time, you know. Yeah. I, I, see, I have little cousins and stuff that are, you know, in their teens now, late teens, and I say to them, look, man, you can actually shape your career now. Mm. You can, you know what I mean. You can be creative now. Mm. You know what I mean. You don't have to like grow through the system. You know what I mean. Mm. I'm not saying you know, um, boycott education. You know what I mean. Education is sick, but so is inspiration. Do you know what I mean? Um, so my name. I mean, I'm all for education with my kids. Uh, but inspiration they need to have that also so I would say 
have a vision from early. And if it doesn't work out, you can switch it, you can change it, but try to find yourself earlier. Yeah. <laughs> not like me in my 30s, you know what I mean? No, but I mm. think it's, it's timing's different for everyone, isn't it? So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I'm definitely going through that whole journey and process in the last couple of years myself. So, you know, and I've only just touched 30, so everyone reaches those points that some could be 18, some could be 35, mm. some could be 40. So it's not, I don't think it's um, a bad thing one way or the other. I think when you do find that time, you'll know. Um, but yeah, listen, man, before we sign up properly, uh, can you let people know where they can find you online, where they can come and get the food and anything else that you want to shout about? So find the restaurant at um, Shoreditch, Cook Daily on Bethnal Green Road. It's at Box Park, top floor. That's where you can get some good grub from. Um, and social media, mainly Instagram, King Cook Daily. That's it, man. And um, I'm just doing my thing, to be honest with you, and um, I'm just trying to be happy. So excuse me if it doesn't excite you that much when you <laughs> log into these pages because all it is is just a window into my life. Yeah. And that's all it is. Yeah, which is beautiful, man. I think it's a good thing. And, you know, massive respect to you because you're doing amazing things already. And I'm sure you're going to go on to do and achieve and be more and see more and read more. Likewise, um, bro. Likewise, man. And I appreciate the time because I know you are a busy guy. And yeah, this has been pretty inspirational for me and hopefully the other guys in the room. So yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So there we have it, guys. That was King's story. And I really hope you enjoyed this one and learned as much as I did because there was so much in there. And, you know, I've got this real sense of importance of how you know staying true to yourself and what you know and having that feeling it's really powerful and he's kind of done that throughout his life and his story and he's really stuck to it and it's worked out for him and it goes to show that years of hard work can pay off even if that means you're training up elsewhere to then go on to do what you want to do it's not a bad thing you might need to take the time but when the time is right you can make your dreams happen and also the importance of creating your own lane that's what i love about what king's done is he really has created his own lane in this world of restaurants and you know vegan and you know he spoke a lot about it quite heavily about the culture and what he's created and i think that's real testament to to what he's done with his brand and it's it's really powerful to see so i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you learn uh, as ever you can hit me up on twitter or instagram at i am alex Manzi. if you want to ask any questions if you want to you know, let me know you're listening. You can screenshot you listening to the episode, put it up on your story and I'll connect with you there. And, you know, as I said at the start, make sure you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. So it really does mean a lot. More importantly, and most importantly, as ever, make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. This podcast is produced by Unedited.